Welcome to The Great Indoors. And today, once again, we're in Barcelona, Spain. Yes, this is MWC 2023, and what a week we are having. There are, well, nearly 100,000 people from across the industry and the world here to take part in, without any doubt, the biggest telecoms and technology show on the planet. Now, as you know, it's been quite a journey and it still feels incredible to have finally crossed the Atlantic as the GSMA's official podcast sponsor for this unique event. We are spending the whole week in an amazing recording facility on the jaw-dropping Amdocs booth, recording some fascinating conversations with the industry's biggest names. I'll be joined by customers, analysts, partners, and Amdocs executives as we explore their stories and perspectives in podcast form for prosperity. As ever, I'm joined by my trusty co-pilot and producer, Larissa Yee, as these special edition MWC 2023 episodes continue to roll out every Thursday. So for today, episode three. Now, under the leadership of its charismatic president and CEO, Ernest Koo, Globe has expanded into many elements of digital technology to secure its leadership as the top telecommunications company in the Philippines. Now, its subscriber base has reached a whopping 90 million by the end of last year. But it's very clear Globe is more than just a telecoms company. For example, Gcash, its flagship product in the financial technology category, is a phenomenally successful mobile wallet that is now used by roughly 80% of the Filipino population. Globe is also behind the corporate incubator 917 Ventures, the country's largest corporate venture builder, which has pioneered just some incredible technology solutions. Now, non-telco revenue on its own, doubling in the past year, would be a true success metric. But what is truly admirable in every respect is that Ernest wants to build a better future by empowering Filipino entrepreneurs, content creators and every individual literally in the Philippines to build a better society. Now, I'm also proud and honored to be joined by Amdocs' CMO, Gil Rosen, a great visionary and podcaster in his own right. And Gil and Ernest combining in this episode is certainly one of the most interesting and enlightening conversations we've ever had on the show. So without further ado, let's get started. So we're still here, MWC 2023, uh, on the Amdocs booth here in Hall 3. It's been a fantastic day so far, and I'm delighted and honored to welcome our next guest to the show. He's the Chief Executive Officer of Globe, all the way from the Philippines, Mr. Ernest Koo. Nice thank to you. meet you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you. And I'm also, I have, a, I have the... The a luxury of a co-host today, oh, nice, nice. Uh, and they don't come better than this guy for a co-host. A temporary co-host. Yeah, and that's our chief marketing from officer from Amdocs, Mr. Gil Rosen. So thank you for joining us. Nice, nice to be here with you, Matt. An okay. honor as well. Yeah, it's great. I think we're going to have a great conversation. So, um, Ernest, let's let's get straight into it. What have you seen recently? I think the conversation I just had with with ISA was all about tech for good that the inherent obligation and almost altruism now from service providers to the communities they, they serve. What is it that you 
seen specifically that you think is a really great example of tech for good? And it could be from Globe or, or from any of the other service providers around the world. Well, I probably speak uh, from a Globe point of view because that's you know, our yeah. area of expertise and familiarity. Uh, for us, it would be the example of what we created, uh, first of all, with the telco to begin with. No? Yeah. The telco, when, uh, when mobiles entered the Philippines, it, it, took, it was five years before you got the phone line and landline. Hmm. That was in the 80s, right? Yeah. You know, what the phone did was really allow people to connect with each other. You know, and then obviously with the evolution of data to the phone, it allowed access to the internet and open information. Right? Yeah. And uh, that changed and transformed people's lives in the Philippines. Uh, we happen to have a second part of the transformation now ongoing with our Gcash product. Right. You know, uh, we believe that you know, co uh, connecting people is one form of transformation, giving them access to information is second. Uh, the next is with this information and connectivity with each other, we think financial inclusion, right? giving access to financial services would also transform their lives. Right? And in the Philippines, uh, financial inclusion was at a rate of 33% forever pretty much before Gcash came around. So that problem existed uh, for a long time. It's a very large problem. The banks weren't addressing it, primarily because they, they felt that the bottom of the pyramid was not a market that they wanted to approach and serve. But we always believed the power of digital and handsets and apps could really solve that problem. And, and so, you know, when the time came, and the right time for us was 70% uh, smartphone penetration, you know, ubiquity of the 4G networks. We decided to bring about a transformation of the Gcash app and product and bring in a partner, a very, you know, uh, large partner and experienced partner called Ant Financial. If you're familiar with Alipay, yes. Yes. in China, they're the uh, developers, founders of Alipay, and we brought them in as a equity partner into our venture. You know, today, uh, that's six years ago, uh, we now have a financial inclusion for 8 out of 10 adult Filipinos uh, with wow. services on Gcash. 76 million accounts are on, uh, wow. on the platform. Last year, about uh, 7 trillion pesos uh, flowed through uh, the platform. And, and on it, you can move money, send P2P. You can make digital payments. Uh, you can uh, open a bank account. We're not, we're not a bank by any means, but we're an e-money issuer. Uh, but you can open a bank account with the Bank of the Philippine Islands, with CIMB Bank, with uh, uh, the third one, I believe, is uh, one, a, new, a new digital bank which is using us as the acquiring uh, method. No? And you can borrow money because we've scored every one of those accounts using mm -hmm. both uh, fintech data and telco data combined. We are now in the fourth version of our score and our lending business is growing very, very well. Last December, I believe, we loaned out $80 million. Wow. Uh, in terms of uh, very small micro loans. Micro payments, micro loans. Uh, yeah, from anywhere from, you know, 50 bucks all the way to $600, I believe wow. is the highest. Okay. Single digit NPL, uh, very proud of that. Then uh, most of all, that whole business is now profitable. Yeah. And recently, we expanded that now to enable Filipinos who travel abroad. Remember, they don't have credit cards. In the Philippines, there's seven or eight million credit cards and about three and a half million uh, unique uh, holders of the cards. Uh, and so when they go overseas, they got to use cash. Right? Yeah, yeah. So we recently empowered uh, Gcash to be able to pay using a partnership again with um, Alipay Plus in uh, Japan, Malaysia, South Korea. I think it's also in Thailand. 
Uh, and recently, we broke into Europe now, France, it, it, Germany, uh, oh, yeah. Italy, and more. Uh, so that's the outgoing portion. And the, on the incoming portion, we recently opened the app up for Filipinos abroad. Right. You know, formerly you had to use a Filipino SIM to be able to open a GCash account. Now you can open it uh, using your local SIM. Right? right. We're piloting now in Australia, I believe, and a couple of other countries, I don't remember. Uh, but the, the objective is global. Because there's 10 million Filipinos abroad. I have a question which, you know, it's kind of my angle of looking at things. And as you tell your story, um, what's interesting to me is how you develop the brand versus the customer. Because if you started as a telecom, and now it sounds like you're a lot more than just a regular service provider. What has been kind of the positioning branding journey of Globe in, in the country? When a consumer looks at you, what does he think of Globe as? What's the, you know? Well, initially when, we, when, I, when I joined Globe, Globe was just basically telco, right? Voice and SMS, right? Nothing more. But during the, the, the move from uh, feature phone to smartphone, we rebranded and positioned ourselves as a lifestyle company. Okay. Uh, right. right. Nine one seven. Nine one seven. And that's the one of the brands that we use. And uh, from that brand, you know, from from your phone, you do everything about your life. Okay. Right. That's so what you're doing a, now. It's happening now, right? Yeah. And so we try to fill in the gaps, right? There was no fintech app. We brought that in. We also have a health tech app, you know, where we again solving a major problem in the Philippines of access to healthcare. You know, we now have two million people on our health tech app. It's the biggest in the Philippines. It's called Consulta MD, right? And and we have 17 other startups, uh, some in education. Uh, we have even, you know, a used car marketplace, real estate marketplace. We have a full entertainment company with broadcast, uh, online, magazine production, live events production. Are they cross-feeding each other from a, <laughs> yes. so from a customer of one? I'm basically... If I start, I never had a telecom relationship with Globe, and I started on Gcash, and then can Globe uh, like uh, target me as a consumer? For yes, we can, because we share the data across uh, the different companies, of course, with the proper privacy rules, because yeah. Gcash is, is telco agnostic. Yes. Yeah, okay. We actually happen to be the largest uh, load distributor for our competitor as well. So hmm. it's kind of an interesting irony there. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a very good relationship with our, with our competitor. Wow. Commercially, we compete with them on yeah. one side. We are, they are a customer of ours on the other side. Yeah. So that I think is very important, and that's the reason why you can grow the business, because we use uh, and the, the bigger companies help the smaller companies grow. Yeah. You know, when when we were building GCash, we used the whole globe ecosystem to help push GCash. Enterprise reps were selling GCash into uh, the enterprises using that for payroll transfers. You know, the whole company globe carried a KPI for MAU. Yeah. Uh, for whole GCAS enterprise as well. So, you know, and then now with Consulta MD, we got Globe and GCash helping it out and grow. Why aren't there more Globes in the industry? Yeah. Really? Why? How, what's? Is there something unique? Is it the geography? Is it? Is it the? You know. It well, I guess like a... I guess we're very fortunate that there's quite a bit of opportunity in the Philippines to solve problems for Philippines. Right? Yeah. You had a financial inclusion problem where in the developed market you don't have it. Uh, access to healthcare is poor. I mean, most economies, maybe it is good in most, you know, uh, countries. But I guess the, for us also, there's a very, we're a very patient group of people, right? You know, these things don't happen overnight. Uh, overnight. No. Gcash is a 15-year-old brand. Wow. I, I've been with Globe uh, over 14 years now. 
And the brand was there when I got there, but yeah. we put it into dormancy. You know, we know the problem existed, yeah. and no one was solving it, but we weren't ready. It's all timing. Another example of patience is uh, on our EV space. We just entered the EV space recently. Mm -hmm. uh, we're in, what, in, in what capacity? Uh, distribution of um, battery swapping systems or motorcycles for so scooters. And in, in yeah. stations and also power? Uh, yes, 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 yeah. yes. And then we will be uh, building the charging network, hopefully yeah. in the Philippines as well. Yeah. And our uh, stakeholder, Ayala Corp, is into car distribution, so we're helping them wow. uh, develop wow. the cars. And so we, would, we like the recurring business. It's, it, to me, yeah. it's, a, it's like telco. But, it's a but, subscription. It's yeah. subscription, it's uh, site acquisition. What monetization <laughs> engines are you using? I hope ours. <laughs> <laughs> but what, <laughs> what I think... We use our own Gcash. <laughs> what I think is absolutely fascinating now, Ernest, is all these initiatives you've outlined from Gcash to the EV venture, uh, to, to the healthcare, they're all tangibly raising the living standards and lifestyle for the people in the Philippines, right? This isn't just, you know, the, the, almost this uh, inherent obligation that everything you're doing is for the good of the people of the Philippines. Well, we've also positioned ourselves because we're not a deep tech company. Right. You know, maybe, you know, unlike Amdocs, you develop your own products. We really don't. We're a user of technology and we use it uh, to solve problems. I've always believed that a business starts when there's a problem. Because yeah. you see a lot of technology sometimes starts and then they look for something to use it. Solution with. looking for a problem. Yeah. Yeah, 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 which sometimes our 5G tends to be kind of similar to that. Right? <laughs> you know, so we look for the problem first and it's gotta, be, it's gotta have two more facets. No? It's gotta be big enough. Right. Telcos are large companies, right? Yeah. yeah. So the businesses have to move the needle. To scale, yes. Yeah, so yeah. Gcash is worth close to 4 billion US maybe, in my estimation. The last round of funding was 18, 19 months ago at 2 billion, and uh, the volumes have doubled now. So maybe if you take that number, then it doubles, right? We think that we can get health tech into a unicorn as well. So again, it will move the needle, right? Yeah. EVs will definitely move the needle because we're very early on. So yeah. that's the second part. We gotta be early on. Mm -hmm. We gotta be a first mover. Yeah, you know, because we think um, we don't like to be a second entrant into the game or a late entrant into the game because it makes it a whole lot more difficult. Yeah, you want to pioneer it. That's why you have to be patient. You know, because we have to overcome regulatory issues. We gotta uh, overcome uh, consumer uh, adoption. Adoption. Oh, it was very difficult and uh, for the people to get adopted to GCash. Uh, the pandemic in that case helped. You yes. know, when people were buying stuff from their houses, suddenly they. they they said this app is fantastic and everything went viral, right? Uh. You know, we, were, we went from, I think, 2.8 million or 28 million to 40 million in like a couple of months or something. Wow. Yeah, some, wow. some tremendous amount of growth. And so all that has to be managed, I think. Yeah. And Filipinos are not the easiest uh, ones to convince and changing their ways of doing things because there's a lot of mistrust on anything new. Right. And nobody wants to be first. They, but you got to get them to the tipping point of mistrust to FOMO. Mm. So we've seen it right? with smartphones. We've seen it with yes. social media. We've yes. seen it with streaming music, streaming video. We did all that. Right? And now, you know, hopefully we can get them to do more things digitally to see that it does improve their lives. Well, and here's a question for you, Ernest. I don't think a day goes by right now in this industry where you don't hear about generative AI. 
Right. I'm pretty sure that's going to be the biggest thing that comes out of this show this week, amongst other things. How do you think ChatGPT, as the example from OpenAI, of course there's going to be many others, how could that have a positive impact on the lives of, of people in the Philippines? Oh, I think um, I can imagine a few from point of view of healthcare, right? Imagine uh, first level triage for you know, illnesses. Yeah. I just have a sore throat. It's the same question your doctor asks you. Right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. then uh, the old uh, paradigm was you had to go make an appointment, go see your doctor, and then what? They ask you a few questions and then they give you a prescription. Isn't that right? Mm. But you fall in line. You know, sometimes the doctor doesn't arrive on time. You know, this is the experience in the Philippines. You know, but what if you can automate a lot of that through chat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's yeah. one. I yeah. think we can see very quickly. Then it lowers our cost, hopefully. You know, I hope they don't gouge automation, us on the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Automation, yeah. Yeah. customer support. It lowers our cost of, uh, per consultation because we're very, very conscious on our cost per consult on that. On the telco side, you know, we're moving everything to the app. You know, we have an app called Globe One, which I think every telco has. And uh, the mandate that we have given the, that Globe One team is, I want you to shut down all my stores. I want you to eliminate all my call centers. That is his business case. He has to generate revenue, he can if he does to, but to me, the number one purpose is shut down all the stores. Stores in the malls are the most expensive thing. Yeah. Right? Call centers are the most expensive thing. If you can automate that, make it all self-serve, that's great. And if ChatGPT can likewise help that and reduce that and hasten that process, that'd be wonderful. First of all, I, I share your, uh, you know, your enthusiasm and potential. Do you feel that um, people are, because they don't necessarily understand or because there's a lot of discussion on it's scary type of thing, that they're kind of delaying maybe thinking about it and waiting for things to be a little bit more mature? Or are you pushing for, you know, think about it now? I, I'll g just give you an example. I, um, I stopped everything I did in my team and I said, we need to look at everything that we do and think how we can do it different with generative AI. Yeah. And, and so what's the attitude in, inside Globe about that? You know, my view is the reason it's scary, which is good. Yeah. It wouldn't be scary or threatening if it was ineffective, isn't it? Right. And so yeah. I think we should jump head on and see how we can maximize this tool, in my point of view, right? Across all our startups, across all our, you know, maybe even build a new model uh, for solving problems around it, right? Um, which I'm sure the, the, team, the team is here. You know, by the way, the reason this all happens at Globe is we have a separate corporate incubator at Globe. It's called 917 Ventures. Yes. Uh, there's, there's a team of um, guys who, who used to work with me, uh, when there were four of us, who ideate and create these things previously. You know, given that I'm in my 14th and 15th year at Globe, I think I should institutionalize this before I leave. <laughs> uh, that way they don't miss me, uh, hopefully. And, and so now it's a group of about 30 You'll people. You'll have the... Uh Ernest AI, they're <laughs> always giving direction. Uh, well, there'll be that. The gut feel is something we can't replace, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely. the timing, you know, yeah. that's still the entrepreneur's uh, uh, mindset. Uh, yeah, so it's a group now. They have entrepreneurs in residence. Uh, we've got the full process. We've got an investment committee. You know, we put uh, the ideas through a gating process and, you know, milestones for each one before that gets funded and, and so on and so forth. 
Right. So we're now out of 300 ideas we've explored, we got maybe 17 running. And in commercially running? Commercially running, yes. Yeah. yes. Excellent. In some sort of seed yeah, um, process right now. Wow, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, that sounds incredible, uh, Ernest. And we touched on ChatGPT, Generative AI, and 917 Ventures. What else do you see, or what else do you see at the show, or you're looking forward to seeing, uh, as, and how that lends itself to your vision for the future? Well, like every telco, we're looking at what other use case right, can be brought to uh, the handset. Right. Right now, I think there's a, a lack of any new use cases at the moment. We're fortunate in the Philippines, there's still some growth left because we've got some areas of the country that are still under-indexed on usage. Yeah, but they're doing the same thing. Uh, they're losing social media, you know, whether Facebook, TikTok, and the whole thing, YouTube for video, the Netflix and the music, you know, but really there has not been much use for 5G yet on the consumer side, nor on the enterprise side, right? You know, it's been a, it's a long-running joke at Globe that the best use case for 5G is speed test. <laughs> because people get a really gratified with seeing 100 Mbps or it's 200 like a, on, your, on your handset, dopamine, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a question regarding yeah. the, um, the changing role of the home post-pandemic. Um, and also in the Philippines, it's also uh, uh, you know, connected to the whole geography. And we did some uh, global surveys and the Filipinos always come up on the most extreme edge of, I think it's the highest percentage of work from home uh, employees, uh, also again because of the geography, but I think also it's the it's kind of the the culture. How have are you looking into the home in a different way than maybe you did before? Because people are now actually working from home. It's kind of become a different place than it was even three years ago. No, that's true, Gil. It, it's not only for work but also for study, but not obviously as intensive as it was during the pandemic. You know, when the economy has opened up, just like anywhere in the world people started to go out again. The malls are full, once yeah. again, like you see here at yeah. NWC. Yeah. Uh, I think traffic in the malls is higher than pre-pandemic right now. But what's that, what that's done is also lessen the impetus for the guys on the margin, on the postpaid side. We're seeing postpaid acquisitions on broadband coming down, or have come down already, across the three players, you know, because the Philippines is a prepaid market. You know that for the last 15 years, uh, the subscriber base for postpaid has been mobile, has been 3%, it hasn't moved. Mm. Wow. So it really, Filipinos prefer the prepaid proposition, right? And a lot of them are pushed towards the postpaid side when they were locked down and, and the home became the center for education, entertainment, and work. But it's not the case anymore. So we're seeing some, quite a bit of churn, to be honest. I think all three telcos, as people say, I don't read this anymore as badly as I do. You know, with inflation also creeping up, we had 8% inflation, uh, I think the last month the numbers was 8.5 or 8.7. You know, of course, uh, there's a lot more pressure for people to hold on to the cash and use it for more essentials than internet. Especially when they like things like, I'll pay for it when I need it. Mm. But if I don't need it, I don't want the contract. You know? right. So what we've done is, uh, given that we've rolled out, you know, about four or five million lines of, of fiber already, we want to be able to sell that in a prepaid manner. And I think you guys are helping us uh, yeah. come up with a product similar to that using you know, uh, the, the monetization engines that you guys have with us or we have with you. And so you know, that's something we're going after because with 97% in mobile, it cannot be that different. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It cannot be 100% postpaid in broadband yeah. and 3% postpaid in mobile. The, the demographic is certainly similar, right? The target markets are the same. Wonderful. 
Now, we're, we're coming towards the end, Ernest. I have one more question. Go for it. The metaverse. Oh, yes, ah. yes. Just, you know, I, I could key it up, or you could say what you think about it, where you see potential, where you think it's BS. What's your take on it? I'm kind of in between, more towards the BS side. Because uh, I see the metaverse as simply a renaming of what was uh, called a, a game before. Second Life. Remember yeah, Second Life. Yeah, yeah. What do you yeah. call it? Uh, RPG? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So instead of, uh, they, they, I, I like the way they switch the terms around and suddenly it's the metaverse. You know, the game Dune, the, my son was playing all these games, right? Yeah. And they lived in this world inside there, or yeah. Sims. Yeah. That's a, that was a game. That's oh, the metaverse that's, today. Yeah, that, that's a definite, uh, yeah, yeah. right? One metaverse. Yeah, 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 and it used to be the NFTs in those games were just called in-game items. Mm. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. What were called NFT exchanges was called eBay. When you bought those yeah. in-game items from eBay and you used it on your game to become yeah. more powerful, isn't the same? Yeah. Right. And so you know, um, so kind of I'm I'm half in, half out sometimes. You know, but definitely on crypto, I'm not sure what it's really for. I'm more of the Jamie Diamond kind of belief of the whole thing. Yeah. Especially after the FTX situation, uh, the one coin situation, yeah. and. And all of these other things, because it's totally unregulated, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's yeah. just very, very difficult. Yeah. You know, of course, we, uh, we're a believer in fiat. Our fintech app is all about fiat currency, although we do have crypto trading in yeah. there. Uh, but we're doing it for basically people who want to collect electronic art. You know? yeah. Maybe I'm old school, I don't like electronic art. I like to see the art on my wall, and like, yeah. I want to be uh, to know that's the only copy there is yeah. of that one particular one. But I tell you, you know. what, I, I'm going to share a personal story, what I think is really interesting about it. I have four small children, and the two younger ones spend far too much time on Roblox, this virtual yes, Roblox, world. Yeah, yeah. And it was my daughter's ninth birthday just two weeks ago, and she insisted to all her friends Give to her. buy Roblox vouchers. That's what she wanted. Like, my parents wanted to give her money, and she was like, no, 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 no. I want Roblox, I want to buy myself a new costume That's right. in Roblox. So her preferential was to have a virtual costume over a new physical one from H&M or Zara. But that's that demographic, right? That's that demographic that's, that, that is coming through with those kind of things hard-coded in them now. So I don't know if that'll make the metaverse adoption more prolific uh, as we uh, move Interestingly, forward. we're actually seeing the enterprise domain pick up on metaverse use cases more even than the consumer domain, like manufacturing and, and other areas where they are modeling things and what's called digital twins and training and education, yeah. which I think, you know, I, I would love for my daughter, instead of sitting and reading a book about history, to be inside history and look around a world where she can interact with, which would be a metaverse of education and experience a, a scene from the Bible, a scene from you know wherever in the Middle Ages or the Renaissance, and, and feel it in a way that I think in education you can today, and definitely. No, but this is exactly what they were saying, Gil. We were doing training for our stores and making them walk through a virtual store, but we, but we didn't call it the metaverse. Yeah. We just called okay. it a different yeah, form of yeah, online okay. training. So it's yeah, the marketing yeah. issue. It's a yeah, marketing yeah. thing, you know? I mean, we, we put our, our staff through it, they walk through, they encounter yeah. a customer, yeah. they interact, they yeah. press buttons, I mean. Yeah. But we didn't call it the metaverse, and hopefully yeah. I increase the valuation 10x. I mean, just common language. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, look, we're coming to the end, yeah. Ernest. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for joining me, Gail. But we're going to finish. Yeah with a quick fire round called TGI to go. Okay. I'm going to give you two 
possibilities and you just tell me your preference. Okay. And this is purely so we can learn a little bit more about you, have some fun as well, just right, to close right. things out. And I'm going to ask the same questions to you oh, as well. I mean, okay, okay. okay. I thought so it was both of you. So we'll, add, we'll both answer. Ernest no, okay. first and then. <clears throat> okay. TGI to go. Question number one. As we're in Barcelona, Picasso or Gaudi? Picasso. Yeah. Have you been to the museum here? Uh, the Gaudi one. Yeah. But uh, not the Picasso. Not the Picasso. I went to his house in. Uh, oh yeah. The one uh, up north somewhere. Oh, yeah. Right. Nice. <laughs> Definitely Picasso, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And have you been to the museum here? No, I haven't. No? No, not yet. Should check it out. Okay, question number two. French or Italian cuisine? Italian. By far Italian, but yeah. it sounds like I'm copying him. <laughs> this, is, this is how... Uh, but it's true. A, I have a home in Italy, so... No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, a... I like, you know, yeah. you know, PPV? That's pizza, pasta, vino. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. I agree with you, Gil. 100%. Yeah. Okay, question number three. And we'll, we can test this out at the Amdocs party later on this week. Singing or dancing? Dancing, for sure. Yeah. I'm probably the only Filipino who can sing. <laughs> if there's one thing in the world that I'm extremely bad at, is singing. So definitely dancing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Question number four, Phuket or Bali? Phuket, Thailand, as a travel destination. Ah, yeah. what is it? Uh, Phuket yes. or Bali, okay. Yeah. Uh, I would say Bali. I Bali? think we could yeah. have chosen a like more contrasting places like yeah, yeah. Phuket yeah, yeah. or uh, Anchorage or Anchorage. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like yeah Phuket, Phuket for I sure. Like, I like the vibe of Bali yeah, the vibe. more than Phuket, you know. Yeah, but I like Boracay, Philippines much better. Okay. Final question: Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Yeah. You do you post to Instagram? I used to, not anymore. Okay. I have someone manage both my accounts and Facebook. And but do you, do you use TikTok as well, Ernest? Uh, no, I don't. No? No. For me, it's different. I'm, I'm on Instagram. I post, I do stories, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Facebook I stopped using five years ago. And recently I had a birthday and the most amazing thing, I haven't deleted it, of course. Facebook like bumped up my birthday, my, the last birthday like post I did from 2018. And I started getting birthday <laughs> congratulations on a post five years old. But it would have put it would have put your age five years back. That's good. That, yeah, there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. There you go. So Ernest, thank you very much for joining. Thank you, Gil. Um, any final comments just for our listeners before we close out today? But just watch out for us and what we're doing at Globe. Um, you know, my hope is that many more telcos will emulate uh, what we're doing. You know, sure. uh, we look for avenues of growth other than just the basic data that we're selling today, the connectivity that we're selling today. It's really not that difficult if you keep an open mind and put a lot of patience into, into what we're doing. There's no shortcuts to doing things. Right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Great closing comments. It's been an honor to have you on the podcast. Absolutely. It really has. Uh, I've, we could have spoken for hours. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really easy to do so. But uh, thank you very much, Ernest. You're thank welcome. you, Ernest. Great. What a fantastic, fantastic, inspiring, uplifting episode. Really enjoyed every second of that conversation. So thank you, Ernest, and thank you, Gail. And stay tuned. Each episode and our associated guests are certainly not to be missed as we move forward with this plethora of MWC 2023 episodes. 
Please leave a review on your podcast channel of choice if you feel so inclined. It certainly helps us. Visit our website, amdocs.com forward slash the great indoors, where we have all back episodes and a cornucopia of assets related to TGI. So with that, I think I've earned another cool glass of Sabatha. And all that is left to say is I'm Matthew Roberts for Amdocs in Barcelona, and I'll see you next time wherever you are.